My name is Jenna and I'm here to help you do all the hard things. I'm a licensed professional counselor with nearly 10 years of clinical and research experience working with people who have some of the most debilitating OCD and anxiety in the world. I'm also a mom, a personal trainer, and a lover of modern spirituality. My goal is to bring you all the research, guidance, and encouragement you need to help you remember and know how strong you truly are. Now let's get to it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back, everybody, and happy Valentine's Day. So today is Valentine's Day. It's also my three-year-old's birthday today. Oh my gosh, it's so weird. Um. I had a couple of other ideas for podcast episodes that I wanted to do. And then I realized with all the birthday ridiculousness, I was like, it's Valentine's Day too. Like I should totally do a relationship OCD episode. So feels appropriate. Um, And this subtype of OCD, relationship OCD or ROCD is becoming so, so much more popular not just in my professional experience, but in the research too. So I wanted to do this episode today and get it out there because I feel like relationships in general are being pressed right now with the pandemic, all of us having to spend more time with people potentially. Um, It's also a really hard time for people to date, right? Like um, dating exposures have been a little bit difficult, whereas normally we would, you know, have people go out on dates and stuff. It's difficult to do that now. So, and also it's just becoming, like I said, way more popular. And today, Valentine's Day can bring about a lot of feelings for people, whether they're good or bad. Um, So I think this will be really helpful for therapists because it's becoming definitely more prevalent in the research as well. And so we're starting to learn more and more about this subtype of OCD We're starting to learn more about how to help these people and what are some sneaky compulsions that might be kind of laying around and and hanging around. So um, I know also just people who are struggling with this need that solidarity and really benefit from the context in general of kind of what's going on underneath these moment to moment really distressing situations. So it's all about relationship OCD today. And it's obviously been around for many years, right? Like, I don't think people are just now experiencing it. I think that people are experiencing it more. And I think that because we're calling more awareness to it and calling more attention to it, people are able to come out and say like, oh yeah, I do that too. Um, It's already been, you know, exemplified in the social media and, and in the media for quite some time now. But like I said, it's now just getting a lot more attention in research settings. So. For those of you who aren't familiar, maybe this is your first time hanging on here for the podcast, I'm going to go over what OCD is um, so that you kind of have more general context for for this in case this is the first time that you're really discovering this concept. So when we're talking about obsessive compulsive disorder, and again, these things are in order to be a disorder, they're impairing in your life in some way, they're time consuming, they're leading to a lot of difficulties in your life in a lot of different areas. 
Um, so OCD is comprised of obsessions and compulsions. So obsessions are going to be those intrusive thoughts, ideas, images, or impulses that bring about a lot of worry, a lot of doubt, and uncertainty, and generally just negative feelings. So these are thoughts and doubts that can come up out of nowhere. Um, they cause a lot of anxiety. And it's important to know here that we all experience intrusive thoughts. So regardless of the content, so regardless of relationship doubt or harm intrusive thoughts or other intrusive thoughts, everyone experiences intrusive thoughts. We all experience doubt and uncertainty. The difference, though, is the meaning and the significance that some people attach to these thoughts and attach to these doubts when they have OCD or obsessive compulsive tendencies. So people who are struggling with this, they can't just have those doubts or have that uncertainty, acknowledge it, and then move on with the rest of their day. They create some type of significance about that thought. They attribute some type of significance to it in some way, and that causes a lot of anxiety. So, you know, someone with relationship OCD may have intrusive doubts or thoughts like, do I really love my boyfriend? Am I really happy with this person? And as opposed to that just being a thought that comes in and comes out and you carry on with your day, it generates a lot of anxiety. Now with that anxiety, someone with OCD or obsessive compulsive symptoms is going to want to get rid of that anxiety by giving into a compulsion. So they might give in to compulsions like asking for reassurance from their partner or a ton of other things, but essentially compulsions are going to be anything. It can be behavioral and, and kind of external, or they can be internal and more mental behaviors that are done really repetitively with the function. Now, this is the important piece here. It's done with the function of decreasing the anxiety that you feel as a result of an obsession. So a compulsion is really, its function is to decrease the anxiety that you feel as a result of an obsession. And so as a result, when you continue to give into the compulsion, you feel that temporary reduction in your anxiety, but it's very, very short-lived. And so it ends up reinforcing that whole cycle. You end up continuing to be really fearful of that intrusive thought and really fearful of that obsession. And you just end up making your world smaller and smaller. Um, it can be come really impairing in your life, obviously, and it could get to the point where it's considered obsessive compulsive disorder. Now, as always, when we're talking about disorders and, you know, anything that could be life impairing, I would always encourage you guys to seek out a professional if you feel like this is something that you truly, truly struggle with um, and want help with. It is totally treatable with the right intervention, and that's going to be exposure and response prevention. So more on that later. Um, but I want you all to know therapists, clients, whether you are a loved one of someone who struggles with this, the relationship OCD does not have to dictate your relationship. It does not have to, and it won't necessarily make you feel this way forever. Um, but in all likelihood, if someone is struggling with relationship OCD, this isn't their first rodeo with OCD. So what I mean by that is that they've more than likely, in my clinical research and in my professional experience, they've probably been struggling with OCD in other ways. And then suddenly a relationship is really valued and there you go. It's the perfect storm for OCD to kind of latch onto that and have this new manifestation of these obsessive compulsive symptoms, whatever the core fear is. And I'll get into that too. But maybe this person has a consistent pattern of these difficulties in relationships, right? Like they are 
that kind of, you know, person in a relationship or they're having that difficulty in relationships regardless of the person. Um, And that's kind of the point because relationship OCD has nothing to do with the partner or with the relationship. It has everything to do with the difficulty of sitting with uncertainty and the intolerance of sitting with uncertainty and needing everything to be 100% perfect. So sometimes in therapy, people um, who are struggling with this subtype of OCD, they'll come to me and they want help figuring out, is this really right? Is this the right relationship for me? Is this the right relationship for me? Is my boyfriend bad for me? Um, and I tell them, unfortunately, ERP isn't going to be able to help them figure that out, at least not initially, right? And that's not the goal of treatment. Um, we're not going to do like a pros and cons list of your relationship. We're not going to talk about that stuff. Just like ERP isn't going to be able to help you figure out whether everyone else around you is a simulation, like if you had existential OCD. Just like ERP won't help you figure out whether you'll get some kind of terminal disease and die, right? Like during exposure and response prevention, we're not going to be able to talk about your relationship much. And in fact, I don't really want to talk about your relationship much because if you're a client who's struggling and you're talking to me about your relationship and how good it is, it's probably reassurance seeking or distraction from the uncertainty or the doubt. And if you're talking to me about how bad it is, it's still probably reassurance seeking or confessing or not functional in some way, right? So let's go over some examples of how this can really show up in relationships. So first things first, you can experience this with a new relationship. You can experience this with a relationship that you've been in for many, many years. It does not matter. Um, Someone with relationship OCD can have either relationship-focused OCD, they can have partner-focused OCD, or a combination of both. So I'll go over the differences of both now. Um, Someone who struggles with relationship-focused OCD has a lot of obsessions and compulsions about the relationship itself and the ins and outs of that relationship. So whether it's good enough or sexy enough or passionate enough or solid enough or whatever enough, fill in the blank. Um, Is this person right for me? Are they the one? Do I love this person enough? Am I making a mistake by being with this person? Are they the one for me? All those things. Rituals that this person might be engaging in include definitely like reassurance seeking either from others about their relationship. Um, I'm, I'm sure people could go online and like research things about their relationship to try to get reassurance from an online stat online forum. Um, And of course, they could seek reassurance from their partner or from a trusted friend. Um, These people might confess their feelings and feel the need to talk it out or get to 100% understanding about them or 100% clarity about them. They may check their feelings and try to analyze kind of whether they felt attracted enough to that person or if they were truly happy during that time in their life when they went on vacation with their significant other. Or do I think about this person enough when they're gone? And Conflict and fights may also be particularly difficult for these individuals, right? Because they don't just experience the the negative affect that typically coincides with relationship conflict in general for you and for me, you know, outside of OCD, but they also struggle in addition to that with even more uncertainty and doubt that kind of flares up their OCD even more. Uh, These individuals can become super distressed and anxious, obviously, about their relationship and just generally have a hard time functioning in that relationship and in other areas of their life. And sometimes people can become 
really obsessive and compulsive just about their partner versus the the more general experience of the relationship itself. So this is more partner-focused obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, So someone might really aggressively and anxiously kind of compare their partner to other partners by saying things like, oh, well, my husband wouldn't have been able to do that, or my wife would have done things this way and it wasn't good enough. Um, And that can obviously cause a lot of anxiety rather than this just being a passive thought that we acknowledge and kind of move on from. So there's a lot of comparison here that can happen and it can obviously become a real issue. So with this all in mind, it's important to acknowledge that we all have some doubt and some uncertainty about our relationships, especially the ones that are closest to us and the most valued to us and the most intimate. So even people who are not obsessive compulsive at all, it's important to understand that doubt and uncertainty are a part of life and certainly part of relationships. So we all have these issues at some point or another to varying degrees regarding the sustainability of relationships and how suitable our partners are for us at various points of our relationships, no matter how solid it is. In fact, I think this is a totally natural part of developing a romantic and and intimate relationship. Like I know for myself, there are plenty of times when my husband does things that I don't agree with or that I have doubt about or wish were done differently. And I mean, we bicker a lot, you know, a lot of the time about silly, stupid things that I wish he wouldn't do. Like, I wish he wouldn't take his clothes off like a ridiculous person. And I wish he would put them in the laundry like a normal person. And I wish he would not have them inside out so that when I take them out of the dryer, they would actually be able to be hung up without me having to do extra work. (laughs) Um, But I'm kind of able to witness those thoughts of frustration and doubt and irritation and potential comparison where I wish things were better in X, Y, Z ways, and I can be able to move on and handle it productively. Another example. So today being Valentine's Day, I got flowers, which I appreciate. Obviously, it was a super sweet gesture um, that he was thinking of me while he was out at the grocery store. And sorry, hon, if you're listening to this, but he got me lilies, and I don't really like lilies. (laughs) Um, they used to be one of my favorite flowers, but that was probably like 10 years ago when we first started dating. Um, and I think I even told him this, but he came through the day to the door today with, uh, lilies, uh, for Valentine's day. And obviously, like I said, I appreciate it, but I of course had that thought, like I didn't tell him this obviously, but wow, those were the flowers that I would have loved years ago, but like, I don't like those flowers anymore. And I specifically remember telling you that, (laughs) Um, but I can acknowledge that and I can move on. It doesn't come with additional thoughts and significance like, oh, that must mean I don't love him enough or that he's not the one for me. That thought didn't cause anxiety. I didn't contribute more significance to that thought. Just like any other thought, it came and it went. So I think especially as relationships progress, there's a ton of opportunity for these little spats to happen, for someone to let you down, for you to see someone's more of someone's flaws, whether they're legitimate or perceived ones that you've just kind of imagined. So if you're out there and you believe that you're struggling with relationship OCD, I want you to look back and think about the core issues here. So more than likely, like I said, it's not about the relationship. It's not about the partner. More than likely, it's a difficulty with things not being 100% the way that you like them or 100% the way that they could be in your ideal fantasy. It could also be this difficulty of tolerating uncertainty or doubt in general. 
So and a- another thing, it could just be like kind of always wanting things to be perfect and better and better and better and needing things to be better and better and better. Could also be difficulty with decision making. So could be one of those things, a combination of those things or something else. But the moral of the story here is that it's more than just your relationship. It's not about the relationship. It's not about the person. It's something deeper than that. And something I like to tell my members at NoCD or my clients is that OCD rarely has anything to do with the actual superficial manifestation of what's going on or how it's presenting. It's with the actual legitimate difficulty of sitting with uncertainty in general, the difficulty handling the anxiety. And here's the kicker, the fear that somehow if shit hits the fan, then you won't be able to cope with it, right? So if you feel like that rings true for you, then I would challenge you to look back at other ways throughout your life that you've demonstrated those difficulties too, maybe in prior relationships, maybe in other ways as well. So whether that was making decisions like at school or in jobs or wanting your work or your schoolwork to be 100% perfect and nothing beneath that was good enough. So I have a lot more that I want to chat with you guys about. We're going to take a quick break here and I'm going to chat with you guys about how we can start to deliver some really good treatment for this stuff. So listen up. If you are struggling with obsessive compulsive disorder, then check out NoCD. NoCD offers online therapy for people who are struggling with OCD anywhere in the United States and now in the United Kingdom. You can do live video sessions with a licensed therapist who specializes in the treatment of OCD, which is exposure and response prevention. Between sessions, you'll get 24-7 support from our peer support community and our clinician-guided tools. You also have the ability to message your therapist from the app for additional support and encouragement. Plus, the app tracks all of your exposures, and there are tons of other ERP tools on there too, like an SOS track to put on when you're really, really struggling. You can get started by booking a free call at www.treatmyocd.com or download the free NoCD app to get started. And depending on what state you live in, you may even be able to work with me as your therapist. We even have free support groups that you can sign up for, and they're all led by a therapist who specializes in ERP. Head to www.treatmyocd.com and tell them that Jenna Overboss sent you. Alrighty, we're back. So now that we've already talked about a lot of kind of examples of how this could come up and the ins and outs of what other things could be going on. I want to go over some other examples of compulsions. So you guys can kind of be like, oh yeah, I do that. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I do that too. Um, Okay. So first things first, like I kind of mentioned earlier, monitoring and checking feelings, behaviors, and doubts. For instance, asking and analyzing yourself whether you have doubts, asking yourself if you really love this person, analyzing what it means to be looking at other people, why are you doing that, do other people do that, so on and so forth. Then we have comparing to other people. Sometimes this is comparing to who you know in real life, you know, other couples, social media examples or what you see on your newsfeed, people on TV or in the media, especially like romance movies or romance TV shows. You may try to recall good or bad moments, um, may try to keep good and bad text messages on your phone as a way to kind of run through your feelings or experiences during these times 
to try to figure out whether you actually love this person or to try to figure out, you know, what that means for your relationship. Avoidance is also going to be huge regardless of the of the subtype. So avoiding going out in public with this person for instance, avoiding social media, avoiding weddings, um avoiding romantic movies or TV shows. If you have a perceived flaw with this person, um then doing whatever you can to kind of mitigate that would also be avoidance. So for instance, if you obsess over their height, um, then you may obsess over what shoes you wear, kind of what you guys look like out in public or whatever. Anything that you can do really to get yourself to not experience that doubt because it's so anxiety provoking for you. And as we all know, these compulsions work temporarily and provide very momentary relief, but ultimately they reinforce the obsession. They reinforce the anxiety, which causes your world to get much smaller and smaller and just creates so much more difficulty over time and ultimately causes your OCD to get worse and worse. And a big one here is going to be reassurance seeking, right? So reassurance seeking from other people, a therapist, friends, or anyone else really about your relationship rather than dealing with the conflict productively and seeking therapy for the doubt issues. And when it comes to relationship OCD, just like any other subtype of OCD, I would encourage you to remember that OCD OCD typically attacks what you value the most. So usually individuals who have these symptoms tend to place a lot of value on relationships. They tend to value traits like loyalty and passion and strength in relationships. Therefore, any flaw or kind of negative events in these relationships are going to be made into this catastrophic event and can just be really difficult for people to experience. And people with relationship OCD may also just have really rigid and perfectionistic beliefs about relationships, like that any relationship that has any difficulty in it whatsoever is probably destructive. You know, it's probably bad in some form or fashion. You got to work on that, Um, as opposed to just acknowledging it and welcoming it as part of the process. Um, They may think that divorcing or splitting from a relationship is absolutely the worst thing in the world. Um, They may think that they may never be able to like survive or function without a partner, may have a lot of fears of being lonely. Um, So they just put a lot of value and importance on relationships. And they might be vulnerable to thoughts like, if you have doubts about a relationship, then that's a sign that maybe you shouldn't be in it. They may really go off of like those gut instincts or those gut feelings and try to overanalyze those as well. They may also evaluate, you know, like over-evaluate how happy, solid, and passionate other relationships are rather than knowing that there are likely more than meets the eye, right? When it comes to relationships and what we post on social media or how we act in public. Um, So how do we go about treating this? And like I said before, and it'll be no surprise that I'm going to say exposure and response prevention. So ERP is the gold standard treatment for obsessive compulsive disorder. And guess what? It's the same no matter what the subtype is. So it's not like there's an ERP version for relationship OCD, that there's one for harm, one for contamination. It's all the same. And obviously the exposures and the response prevention part are going to vary from person to person, but the basic tenets of it are exactly the same, regardless of the content. So the whole idea here, actually, my opinion, is that the content is irrelevant regardless of the content, regardless of the subtype, it's the difficulty of sitting with good old-fashioned uncertainty. And ERP is going to require that you put in 
put yourself into these exposures that would be challenging for you and for your OCD. You may be asked to do things like spend time alone with your partner, hang out with another couple, listen to breakup songs, listen to happy love songs, listen to or watch a romance movie or something like that. And basically, you'll have to try to reduce and ultimately resist all the compulsions that you've been relying on to try to temporarily fix or reduce your anxiety, but that ultimately have not helped. So you're going to be tasked with having to do these exposures or these anxiety-provoking situations and then having to resist the rituals like checking your feelings, reassurance-seeking, so on and so forth. And at first, it's going to be really scary. At first, it's probably even going to sound counterintuitive, but it's not complicated. It is hard and it's scary, but it's not complicated. So the concept of putting yourself in an anxiety-provoking situation, acknowledging that thought, not answering the question, and moving on with your day can be really hard and it can be really scary and it can be a difficult leap for people to take. But I believe that with therapy and with the guidance and support and feedback from a therapist, it's not complicated. So if you're out there and you're struggling with relationship OCD, know that there's treatment available for you. In fact, like I said, we can treat you at no CD, right? So you heard me talk about no CD already, but here I go again. Seek out no CD and get their free 15-minute consultation. We can help you with this. You'll be able to see the miraculous changes that come to your life as a result of doing ERP. And you, if you have questions like, will I ever know about my relationship? Will I ever feel better about it? My response is, I hope so. My hope is that ERP helps you get the clarity eventually to make that decision, you know, whether it's to stay with this person or whether it's to separate from that person. But I do know that unless you, you know, deal with OCD, with exposure and response prevention, that problem is going to remain there. The doubt is going to follow into the next relationship and the next relationship. The doubt will follow into the breakup more than likely, right? So the doubt is going to follow you wherever you go unless it is worked through. Um, So what we really have to focus on instead of the exposure and response prevention um, or, you know, in addition to the exposure and response prevention, I should say, what you have to focus on is like, again, it's not about the content. It's not about the relationship. It's not about the partner. You really have to work on the big picture and work with your therapist, you know, with the suggestions that they make you, whatever professional you're working with, and really just try to focus on ERP day by day. Just try to focus on the treatment. And ultimately, my hope is that those obsessive doubts lift and you'll be able to make the decision at that point. Um, Hopefully, you'll get that clarity at the end of your treatment. But I do know so many of you out there are struggling with this in particular, and I thought today might be a really challenging day for that. Um, Know that the decision about what to do with your relationship comes second. Working through the OCD has to come first. So I hope that this was helpful. Get the help if you need it. Know that there's treatment options available for you. Um, No CD has self-pay options. They take insurance. We're available in all 50 states. Um, There are people who want to help you and who can help you and we've got your back. So reach out with whatever questions you guys have, whatever other comments you guys have. Happy Valentine's Day, and until next time, keep doing all the hard things. For more information and resources, head to my website at www.jennaoverbaugh.com. 
from there, you can sign up for my email newsletter so you can make sure that you are the most up-to-date about upcoming resources, podcast episodes, blogs, challenges, and more. Also, check me out on Instagram at jenna.overbaugh and tune into some other episodes here while you're at it. As always, if you have a free minute, it would mean the world to me if you could please subscribe and rate this podcast. Subscriptions and ratings help me keep the podcast going and help me spread the word to other people who need these resources and they otherwise may not get them. With that said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really love creating these episodes for you. And until next time, keep doing all the hard things.